0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Bros Pod is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports, contests, and events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, eSports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. So head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code believe50, that's BLEAV50, that's bleav A V five zero to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. I'm uh, Bill Roden in a undisclosed location. Actually, I'm in a barn in uh, upstate New York. Uh, you know, I always want to keep you on your toes. <laughs> 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 Here on a great crisp fall uh, fall afternoon. A uh, lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, meanwhile, holding it down in Brooklyn, New York, is my friend and co-host, the great Jamal Murphy. Murph, what's up?
0: What's up, Bill? Uh, everything's good here in Brooklyn. We got a lot to talk about, a lot going on. NBA season about to start. We know, obviously, what's what's going on in Boston. Uh, we'll get to that. But, um, you know, NFL still going on. So, a lot to yeah. talk about, Bill.
1: Yeah, and uh, here by, by my brother, Gerard Roden, making his annual uh, visit from Germany, where he's an opera singer, though he has some breaking news about his uh, the continuing ongoing show. Dr. Gerard, welcome. How you doing? Great to be back again. Of course, Gerard is here to talk for a few minutes about the Chicago Bears. That's the only time we talk about Chicago Bears and, and Rose Park. Come on, guys! <laughs> uh, but we have a special guest on. He's a friend of the program. He's been on before. I think the last time we spoke, uh, we were out at a picnic table out by um, in Roxbury uh, during the NBA playoffs and talked about. Great Gary Washburn, he's a uh, columnist uh, extraordinaire for the Boston Globe, knows all things Celtics, knows a lot of stuff beyond that, uh, you know, because uh, uh, last time we spoke, he had just gotten his master's degree in journalism uh, from uh University of Nebraska. Is that correct?
2: Yeah, very good. Yeah. Yep. Yes, sir.
1: Yeah. So he's kind of a cornhusker. Anyway, uh, Gary, welcome, welcome back.
2: Yeah, bad football team yeah uh, uh great to be here bill really appreciate the time really appreciate being on
1: yeah man it was great. like like I said you're the man of the hour man hopefully you could just uh clarify some stuff you know you're in, I'll uh, try I'll yeah, try you're, we were all stunned there are two things in fact I just wrote a column about this for anscape that should be going up any hour now I've been trying to figure out what the hell is going on uh, in Boston, with the former head coach Ime Yudoka, who four months ago, right, five months ago, when we talked, when we talked in Boston, man, he was like the the great upbeat story of the NBA, brother, who spent, you know, uh, lifting boxes at FedEx and worked his way up, longtime assistant, finally got his shot, and led the Celtics to the NBA uh, finals. And boom, this. So, man, just take us through, Gary. What, you know, like he was suddenly last Thursday, the Celtics, I don't know if it was a, as a shock to you as it was to us, suddenly they announced that he was uh, being suspended. So, take us through, man. What? Tell us what happened. What do you know and where are we today?
2: Well, he's still suspended. I don't think he'll ever coach the team again. Um, I think they'll work out a settlement somehow. I think the legal ramifications prevented – them from just completely firing him because he might've had a case against the team. Um, So Wednesday night. Okay. So the, the uh, there's a foundation in Boston called ABCD, where they set up young black men and young people of color with jobs. It's kind of a, a program that a lot of young Bostonians have gone through. So they do an annual basketball tournament at the garden where companies pay, uh, to play like half court games on the garden floor. And it is uh, kind of organized and, and, and the, the, the heads of it are like it was Doc Rivers, but he couldn't be there. Bob Ryan, uh, one of your former you know long time, know you owned him for years, former comments to Boston Globe and Brad Stevens has kind of taken over for Doc as like the local celebrity to participate in this. So Doc couldn't come because obviously he's a Philly training camp. But there's Brad um, showing up. Uh, he was supposed to do a panel. He told the people he can't do a panel, but he'll show up. Okay. And Brad shows up about <laughs> 730, um, signs autographs, takes pictures with the players, selfies, all that is, is himself. Un you know, un you couldn't tell anything was going on. Unflappable. I interviewed him for five minutes, to talk about the injury to Dylan Galnari, Robert Williams knee surgery, just team stuff. How are you guys feeling going into camp? Blah, 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 blah. Okay. Like, you know, I wish that someone said, Gary, ask if Ime is still the coach. Like, who would who would think that? Like, you know, I'm I'm going on,
1: like, you know. We, you know, we we a few days from training camp. Everything's set. That was about. Yesterday, you're talking about last week. Last Wednesday. Yeah.
2: Okay. Last Wednesday. So, eight days ago now. Yeah. So, we, so I talked to him for five minutes, got what I wanted, wrote a little story, drove home. It was about nine o'clock, you know, watched television about 10.30, Woj's bomb that Udoka could be suspended for multiple games for a violation of team rules, and then everybody, then Twitter goes nuts. What is this violation of team rules? Did he fight somebody? Did he what? Did he get into a bar fight? What, what what's going on here? Did he hit? Did he punch one of the like? What happened? So in the middle of the night, Sham Sharania comes up with the. Uh, it's an inappropriate relation, uh, It was a consensual relationship with an employee that he had violated team rules. So that Thursday morning then goes into people on Twitter searching the Celtics Ca, you know, media guide, online, whatever, website for female employees and trying to find who is this woman? Like, like Harpo, who this woman? And go color purple on y'all. So um, the common choice was Allison Feaster. Allison, former Harvard player, WNBA player, played overseas, has na- is now like the player development. She kind of handles things for the players. She's like that liaison. They, You know, she talks to them. You know, these young guys need someone who's – like an older sister or maybe a mother figure to talk to. She is that person. She's a the highest ranking Black woman organization. Mm. Attractive woman. Everybody looks at her and goes, oh, must be her. Right. Because let's be honest, two attractive Black folks can't keep their hands off each other. Right? That's in the workplace. I know I've been, you know, you talk to an attractive Black woman when you're at your job and somebody, oh, Gary must be trying to date her. No, we friends. I don't like... You know, we've all been accused or been had someone look at us and be like, we can't do too much on the job because people think that we're messing around, even though we're like brother, sister or whatever. You know, we're close, but whatever. So the Twitter goes crazy with pictures of Allison Feaster and who is this woman? And then the information starts coming out that it's not Allison Feaster, that it's another woman. Um that it's reportedly Brad Stevens' assistant and that, uh, you know, it just, it it sounded like a consensual relationship that had gone too far. Now, here's the situation with Nia Long. He is not married to Nia Long. Okay, they have a son together. They co-parent. They have not been together together for a while. We all kind of knew this, but there's no reason for us to write that. It's a coach's personal life. It's not a really big, it's, it's a story with Essence, it's a story with Black Twitter, it's a story with, you know, Black folks who want to know what's up, but not really newsy. In, in, in his personal life, as long as he's not doing anything legal or immoral, it's not a story. Right. So we all kind of knew that, you know, even though people, because when, when he first got the job and, you know, local like Black journalists were like, oh, Gary, you guys should invite uh Nia to a meeting and we could you know she could be the first black lady of Boston and I was like I don't think like y'all this ain't y'all got this black love thing kind of going out of control here like I don't think this is gonna be like that I think they're I think they're cool and they have a son together but you know this whole like they're together together because she didn't move up here she stayed in Brooklyn um when he took the job he would go down there see his son um, to Brooklyn or whatever. So, you know, I was telling people like, it ain't what y'all think it is. Y'all got this fantasy and two good looking right. people and they got a child, like y'all want to put them together, but I think they're cool, but they're not together. Well, that's so true. I yeah. knew that he was single. Yeah. So yeah. I, I didn't have a problem
1: right. that, with it. That, 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 don't hold your thought because that bit of news there is a relief because in this whole thing, those of us who did not know the nature of the relationship were saying that's the worst day of his life is having to go and face Leah Long, assuming that they were in this intense relationship as had been yes. not reported, but thought. So good. so That's great news, Gary. Let's move on.
2: Yeah, well, <laughs> no, that's not to say that I mean, I ain't getting in this business, right. but that's not to say they probably weren't hanging out, but I don't think that they were together together, right? Okay, I don't think that they were like Committed. Right. 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 okay. So, you know, it's one of them. It's complicated kind of thing. Are you single, married? No, it's complicated. I think it's complicated with them. Right. Okay.
0: And I think Um, think they had been engaged since, you know, since 2015. So, yeah, they've been engaged.
2: Exactly. It's complicated. It's one of those, you know, and I think we, we get it. Two good looking people, both black. You want to put them together and you want them to have you want them to be a Michelle and Barack. Like, that's not, right. he, he, this is not that situation. Right. So um, what I found was that it was a, a relationship with, with someone and who was in the of organization. There was some apparently consensual, what I was told, some inappropriate things eventually uh, uh, occurred, um, and it kind of just blew up to the point where, the team had to do something and apparently he had been warned twice about this relationship and that he had a code of conduct in his contract that prevented him from being with subordinates. So it got complicated, legal workplace uh, situations, you know, the potential, and I'm not saying it, what happened of harassment, um, all of the above, and it sounded like he did some things at the. T- believe me, he leads into to a championship, uh, NBA Finals. Sorry, on the verge of a championship in his first season. They don't want to do nothing with they. They want him to coach the team, right? So for them to do this, action had to be very, very severe. He had to do what he did with severe, and little information is coming out. And as I was talking with Jamal, some of it's true. Some of it, everybody got, everybody got theories. Everybody, I know, I know Neil Long Cousin and all that stuff. Like, stop that. Like, um, it, it, to me, it, it's some things that happened uh, with his conduct that made this possible. Why didn't they fire him? I think it was legal ramifications there. Here's the thing. Celtics want to avoid the courtroom. Okay. They don't want. First of all, as I asked the press conference, there's been no penalty for the against the woman. People have a problem with that. I understand, but one, the woman was sleeping with her superior. There's all types of rules. Now, the was married, be,
1: Harry, that's the rumor that she was married.
2: That's the rumor.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and also, you, you you know, you brought up you brought up that people were angry that she, like you said, she wasn't uh, punished. I think what people don't understand is, and, and you bring it up, there's a, the subordinate, and there's the person of power. Once, once you're a subordinate, can, there is no such thing as consent, as far as legally. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that that's the thing that people aren't aren't quite getting when when people say, "Oh, it was a consensual relationship." Well, there's really no such thing, as far uh, you know, as far as that goes within the workplace. You know on you know under under those workplace rules like the once you're a subordinate you, you don't even have you don't have the power to give consent in all in for all intents and purposes.
1: Well yes. but, but Gary, so I mean there are a lot of there are a lot of questions about this I, I was one of those on the side of I'm not clear about what the rule is. They talk like broke broke organization rules. What's the rules apparently the players didn't know what are the rules I mean uh what are the rules that you're are the rules? Because I know the NBA, the the league office has rules about close relationship, but apparently each every team can make up his own rules. Yes, whether you can't. Yes, not, and I'm not clear about what. And I think
2: there was a personal conduct with it is contract mm-hmm. that 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 forbid him from dating subordinates or for date, and so that's where it got ugly. And I think that they knew about it and they warned him twice. And he continued. Uh, and then comes the investigation. Okay. Uh, they started investigating him in July. Now, the question is, and I've got questions, too, because I ain't had them all answered. When did they tell him about this investigation? Right. In the middle of it, you know, how was he being investigated? Was some dude in an unmarked car with some binoculars and a camera outside of his house watching him come home or outside of her house, watching him like, how was this all going down? What did the investigation by this law firm, like how was it conducted? Right. And when did he know that he was being investigated? Right. Um. And then obviously their findings were ghastly. It was like, we, this is not 10, 15 games here. Uh, right. So, it was it was something, and people have, have touched on potential harassment or whatever. Now, when you start getting into that, then you st- the Celtics are scared. And re- remember what happened with the Dallas Mavericks a few years ago, where uh, Tadema Usri, their president, who was black, was you know, I mean, he was he was out of control. He was threatening women, you know, talking. He was just a he was a hound. that got out, and they blew up basically blew up the organization, hired Cynthia Marshall, a black woman to kind of run things. And, you know, the Mavericks got, you know, tabbed as a toxic work environment for women. The Celtics don't want to go there. Right. They do not want this woman to say she was threatened with her job, threatened with uh, demotion, uh, whatever, because here comes big coach, you know, and let's be honest, big black coach, uh, her superior, saying sleep with me or be with me or do this with me so they leave her alone that's why they haven't done anything with her because they don't want to get sued and they don't want to get tabbed as a toxic workplace environment where you have other stories from other women saying they felt threatened they were harassed so the celtics are like doing damage control here i get get
1: that and again you know and i want to i want to take this to a whole other thing too because i in the piece I wrote, I was contrasting Sarver, you know, the Sarver situation at, at, with Phoenix, with this, and that Sarver was very clear cut. It was hardcore journalism that outed him. You know, the ESPN piece that, that, you know, 70 people interviewed, hardcore investigative journalism outed him. Then the NBDA did their thing. And as a result of that, you know, he basically, and, and LeBron and some others, and, and then uh, PayPal, you know, he said, I, you know, uh, I'm going to sell the team. So to me, that was a, a, a good mark for journalism. This is a little murkier because it's kind of what I call the insider journalism. You know, when this all starts with, uh, you know, somebody tips you off, you know, a source, uh, the next thing, you know. And, and I don't know how at peace you are, to me, if, in fact, this woman was married. And Yudoka is not I mean he's not no matter what we say he's not, you know, and I know that's a moral call, but if she was in fact married, it seems like and nobody you know she made a decision, you know she made a decision, and I don't want to know who she is, you know I don't nobody needs to be outed, but it seems that if there is a a, a rule and I know you talk about the um what do you call it, subordinate, i guess, but there's also. Personal responsibility. You know,
2: totally. So,
1: how you come down on that, that he's out of the job for you. Like you said, he's probably not going to coach again. Um, I don't, and, and apparently, what the Celtics said, there's no more discipline. So, presumably, she still has her job. She's still working. We don't know who she is. Um, maybe they'll allow her to patch up things at home. Uh, the head coach does not have that luxury. Where, where, I mean, I, I'm asking you to go back and forth between being a reporter and a columnist and just a human being. Where are you at the end of the day? Has justice been served?
2: I need to know more before I say that, of, of what he did before I say justice is served. I obviously think the woman uh, was guilty of some you know, immoral acts, uh, tasteless acts. Um, but as Jamal referred to, you're also dealing with the legal world here. And you're also dealing with a subordinate sleeping with her superior. You're also dealing with a lot of factors here. And um, let's be honest, we're in Boston, okay? So this isn't LA, this isn't San Francisco. This isn't a you know a different type of city. This is Boston. So you, you have some, some things, some factors there. Uh, I don't know if justice was served. I know that what I think is, Coach Udoka probably lost a little control, got a little egotistical, um, and you can't do this. Like, you can't, you are a black coach in Boston, Um, you just come off the finals, you're rising, like, you can't do this. This is just uh, totally out of bounds, just from a career standpoint. Just from a reputation standpoint, not even a criminal standpoint. I don't know if he committed any crime or did anything, quote unquote, beyond the law. Beyond you know, being in a a relationship that was considered against his moral clause or or personal conduct. So I can't say, oh yeah, he you know he did dirt or criminal anything. But I I think as as a man and as a you know he's forty five, he should know better than to risk his career. So there has to be, in my opinion, Mr. Roden, a problem right. where he might need therapy. He might need, you know, he might need to talk to somebody about clearing his mind, getting, finding out who he is again. He might've been a little drunk with power. He might've been a little drunk with, this is someone I, they, they say I can't have, well, I want to have her. Um, there's a lot to unpack here mentally because even how do I put this I've said this before even the like even the biggest players know when to draw the line right usually you don't you know you don't do nothing at your job you don't risk you don't mess with your money you know um, you don't mess with your reputation and your character all this your moral and they have a son who's 11 years old he yeah. has got to watch this. And I said on another podcast, Mr. Wharton, like, <laughs> coming from a father myself who did his share of stuff and dirt, and I'm sure we all come, and, and some of our fathers are, weren't the most upstanding men. I remember a lot at 11 years old. That's not an age where I was just watching cartoons or playing, playing outside. Like, I remember a lot of stuff. That age, you your your ability to retain information and see what's going on is wet is pretty good at 11. Now, it's not as good as 20 or whatever, but at 11, you start picking you pick things up. And so here's his son having to see his parents, his mother embarrassed, his father humiliated and go through that and try to act like life is normal. So I think there's a lot of victims here. Um, it's it's a harsh situation. Do I think that justice was served? Like, I need to know more information for that. But I do think he's, it was stupidity here, arrogance, egotistical thinking, and probably a problem, probably something he needs therapy for.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey uh, I know my uh, my brother's listening now, just for background. So my brother uh, was an opera singer uh, uh, in Germany since 1989. Gerard, I know that you've told me that there was a lot of stuff going on in the opera house in terms of relationships. Um, just kind of briefly uh, describe, were there rules in the, in the opera house regarding consensual relationships, or was it the wild west?
3: Well, it's, it's uh, not one and not the other. We've had, uh, I was at the Theater of Ulm for many years, and there were two situations where ballet directors were fired because of inappropriate behavior and either by themselves or someone related to, to them. And it was very clear about that, of what you can and can't do. Uh, but consensual relationships, there's, there's nothing in, uh, in the way of that. And the biggest example, a former theater director uh, fell in love with the first actress in the house and they married. And they're both not in the theater anymore, but they're still married. They had a great relationship, and it wasn't a problem. Um, and you could say, well, was that an illegal relationship? Yeah, you know, obviously not. And I was sort of friendly with both of them. I was a little surprised at the time it was going on, as everybody else was. But they had a relationship that didn't have anything to do with the work. And because she was already the first actress in the theater before they started the relationship, it's not like she you know, profited from it. But it's a different situation. There isn't this thing stipulating that you can't have these relationships. Um, I work other in other situations. Uh, I do some guest teaching on the university and it's very clear about that. You know, no relationships with any of the students. I'm not sure how it is about the uh, uh, professors under uh, another, but there's no relationships. And if I meet somebody who's a student in my seminar in the gym, they're still, they're still in my seminar and you know, there's no crossing the line. But the thing in the theater, and so the question I wanted to ask you, Gary. So you're going to punish the person who's the, you know, who's the chief. But what about the other person? I think if I'm a subordinate, and I have had situations where people in higher positions have spoken to me, um, directly or indirectly, sexual. In my opinion, about that in the theater, I'm adult, they're adult. If I'm not interested, I can say that, and I did that in one situation to say, hey, you know. You're my boss, and I don't think that would uh, cast a good light on our relationship in uh, my my professionality if I did that. And he said, it's fine. And, and we were friends. He helped me out an awful lot, and there's no stress. And I, you know, entered the line very quickly. But if I know that if something if this goes wrong, he's going to get punished, and I'm not. You know, how do I relate with that? Even if, you know, the best human may think, okay, well, let me spin the dice here a little bit. And I, I think that both have to be uh, called on a carpet because you know, a relationship is between two people. And even if I'm a subordinate, if I say, okay, if I go along with this, there's no punishment for me. You know, I don't know. What, what, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah. I think that they are, I think the Celtics are definitely afraid of a lawsuit from her because she's in the position of she's a subordinate and we're coming from two cases, as I mentioned before, the Dallas Mavericks a few years ago in this Robert Sarver situation where he was basically saying sexist things, telling women to lose their baby weight and things like that. He was, he was just crass, right? So this is a very sensitive time. And also sir, Mr. Owen, as you know, the, the me too movement, there's a move, you know, there's, there's, you know, like, like things are evening up, like after years of, Oppression for women, our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts felt oppression, sexism, uh, overt. I mean, how many black women, you know, just examples went to work uh, as a maid or for and, and had the, the 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 man of the house try to sleep with her or, right. or say sexually to, and she had to sit there and take it right because right? she wanted her job. Right. I mean, this is generations of that stuff. Right. So now. Um, Things are evening up. Things are coming to, those days are coming to a close. The Celtics are deathly afraid, understandably, of this woman saying, this work environment was toxic, and I did feel forced, because that's what she needs to say, and as Jamal alluded to, the the legal ramifications of, I felt threatened. I felt my job was on the line. I felt that, you know, he said something in reference to me being demoted, or not getting a promotion, or... Whatever she said now, you know the fact. If she's you know it's been rumored that she's married, that's immoral, but it's not fireable. Because I've talked to my wife who deals in human resources, Gary. That's she says it's a it's a it's it's tasteless, it's tacky, it's not a good look. All the above, but it's not fireable to cheat on your husband. And I said on another podcast, if it was illegal to cheat on your spouse. <laughs> Uh, the streets would be safe and clear. There'd be nobody out here in the street. So it's not, it's immoral and she's not right. And do I think she'll do her same job with the Celtics? No, I think she'll probably be, you know, on a leave of absence or maybe she'll get a settlement. They'll they will figure out a way to get her out of the organization quietly without firing her, maybe a severance package. But I think they're afraid of her, of the legal ramifications of her going public and saying she felt threatened right. and who's now. So that's his word against her word, right? The, you've already suspended the coach. So obviously the team had a problem with what he did. So she could say, yeah, he threatened me. He, and it's believable. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but it's believable because they've already suspended him for a year. Right, So it puts the team in a really bad position. And I think they are trying to avoid this becoming a huge, bigger issue with other women coming forward, them being to have a toxic work environment and a lot of people in the organization losing their jobs.
3: I guess even, yeah. even if she perceives a threat, even if there's no threat, it's the perception of a threat that in the court of law uh, that, that, that holds up. I guess they, I there are, two, there are two sides of it. And I think you know sexual abuse is one thing, and I've seen that in the theater really blatantly where a they called it a forstand. Somebody was leading an department would go into the shower and and uh, uh, molest women and dare them to say anything because the jobs were very difficult to come by. And they finally fired this guy after someone did you know, come forward. Yeah, that, that's the one thing. Uh, and the, this really stupid thing that so many people meet their partners on the works on the, work, on the work side. So how do we get out of this awful tradition where the men had all the rights and could do anything they want and, and women or sometimes men wouldn't be able to, to do anything without having this awful workplace where nobody, everybody is afraid to say hi or, or, or boo, you know. And, and that's why yeah. I said the people on the other side also have to be help be a little bit accountable, too, because uh, otherwise you have a situation where there are people. And I have seen that in my business who use sexuality as a way to, uh, to further their career, men and women.
0: You know? The onus is good. Is always going to be on. The person in power, okay. So because that's where yeah. we, we were t- where Barry's saying is, we're, you know, Boston made the decision here. Boston made the decision uh, to to uh, suspend Udoka because that's they're they're legally threatened by the woman here because she has the legal claim. Uh, Udoka wouldn't have a legal claim here because he's the person in power. He's already admitted right. to the relationship. I think. Right. Well, he apologized.
1: Right. He, ap- he apologized for embarrassed. For embarrassing the organization, family—that's right. not saying I did it. It's just right. I apologize. So,
0: so as a per- as a person in power, the onus is on them. They ba- you basically mm-hmm. cannot have a relationship with a subordinate. Period. Period. If you don't want to, uh, je- you know, put yourself in jeopardy with your job, and you don't want to put the job in jeopardy legally. So, I mean, it's basically you know, an open and shut case as far as as that's concerned. And, and uh, so, I get where Boston is coming from they you know, they're, they're, they're trying to avoid legal liability. Um, so that, so that, so, and for people saying, you know, she should be, you know, she deserves she has to have some sort of, uh, get some sort of the blame. Also that may be true in the court of public opinion and how, and how she's dealt with by everyday people, but legally she, you know, she, she's not that power d- dynamic is in her favor. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Hey, hey Gale, let me ask you this. Um how sort of moving forward, how do you think this uh affects uh the team? Uh, and how well do you know, I mean, now Joe M- Mazzula is 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 now Missoula, right? Um mm-hmm. uh how do you think this is going to affect the team? I'm looking at the the comments from Media Day and nobody seemed to know what was going on. Uh how do you feel? this is going to affect the team
2: moving forward well Mr. I think that it depends on their ability to pivot and move on from this because I think okay we all you've worked in sports for 50 years this is nothing new to have a coach player date someone see someone hang out with someone whatever you want to call it you know sleep with someone in the organization. This is nothing new. And it happens in the MLB, MLS, WNBA. I don't care what sport it is. This happens. Okay. So the players obviously knew probably what their coach was doing. They see him on the road. They know coach like to get it in. That's nothing new. There's been plenty of coaches, especially on the baseball side, you know, managers out at bars. We, you know, I just watched the Dodgers. Um, Yankees documentary a couple nights ago talking about Billy Martin being you know living at the bar after games and that type of thing this is this is nothing new okay but the players don't know why what he did so the players are like in order for me to feel a certain way or move on I sort of need to know what happened and why this why this all went down so they're confused and they're grown men like like I was saying in another pocket like these are, these are not like eight-year-old boys where you got to explain to little Billy, daddy was cheating on mama. That's why we're getting divorced. Like, they're grown men who are living lives, some of them in the streets, some of them, you know, got multiple, all, this, all of what their coach is doing, they're doing, maybe not dating someone in the organization, but multiple women, multiple, like all that, okay? These are young billionaire athletes what what do they (laughs) that's what they do but they want to know specifically what the hell happened so i can create not i but as a player create closure and move forward to this new coach and be like oh now i get it okay yep he messed up because i think people the public was looking for the players to criticize their coach and say, we're disappointed. He let us down. They weren't saying that they were like, it's an unfortunate situation. We don't know what happened. We just like, I think they're disappointed in him, but they don't know why they're disappointed. It is like, man, he must've messed up. So I think that uh, kind of hinders their ability to move forward. So I think management and ownership need to tell the players as much information as they can And it's hard to say confidential because the minute one of these players tells his agent, the agent, then the agent leaks it. So can you get a, can you get 15 players in a room, Mr. Roden and say, y'all don't tell nobody. Remember, you know, don't, don't tell your brother. Don't tell your mama. Don't tell your friends. Don't tell your agent. This is what happened. I don't know if you can do that because you can't trust the players because the players talk to their friends. They talk to their agents. They might tell their mama. Their mama might tell us, like, it's 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 too hard to keep it confidential, but I do think the players need to know more. But I think as the basketball continues, the training camp, the sweat, these guys, they'll they're pivoting to Coach Missoula. And I think that they have to, they realize they have to, but to ask these young men to just absolutely forget about somebody who they trusted. Who was a father figure in some ways, a big brother figure, someone who established himself as someone that they could look up to and be like, snatch him away. It's it's difficult because it'd be difficult for any other.
0: Gary, so what, what about what about in terms of you know from you know looking at Joe Missoula, you know it's a tough spot. Thirty four years old, um, you know I remember him at West Virginia, tough tough point guard. Bill wrote an article about him, you know back in you know back two thousand and ten or something like that um so he, he has the basketball acumen for sure he has the respect but you know he's coming as a you know he was an assistant coach who's kind of more like the friend of the players than you know than their leader or, co- or head coach what do you you know do you think he's up for it do you think he can get this done here
2: yeah I do um I think he's a very serious person he had some issues when he was in West Virginia he had a domestic assault case he had another case of alcohol but what I've been told and I, you know, uh, he found God, he found his faith. Now he has done a one eighty because people are kind of calling that out. Well, why would you name a guy who has a previous case, but he's went college and I don't want to dismiss cases in college, but we all remember college and, you know, and things get kind of out of control if you let it sometimes. And, and those people that, sometimes making the most of their lives and being good people and making mistakes. But I do think he is prepared for this. The question is, you know, it's up to the other players to be leaders to Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart to be better leaders because their coach is inexperienced. He is young. Okay. Um, so it's time for them to put their big boy pants on and grow up too, and be better leaders and understand that they, this, their coach is going to need a, a little bit of a help, Uh, assistance, all of that, because he's young. He never played in the NBA. You know, we all know how big of a deal that is with some of these guys is is to respect someone who played in the league, who's been where they've been. Now, can he flip it around and do it? Yeah, he could could turn them and take them right back to the finals and maybe even win it. But it's going to take a a kind of a collective effort. But I think he's focused. I, I think he, you know... He understands the situation he's been thrown into, and he wants to take advantage of it. He doesn't want to leave this post. He wants to remain coach of the Celtics, so he's coaching for his career here. Not saying he would never get another job, but he wants to stay. You know the way he got the job. Yeah, it's 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 hard. You know, I mean, I always remember that episode of uh, the Cosby Show where Vanessa was introducing her boyfriend on a secret. She she had this secret relationship and she just thrust them on the family and Bill Cosby's like you know what that's like having your favorite dinner served to you on a trash can lid right yeah. and, and 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 that's how he sort of got this job here's your dream job but it's because your boss got suspended and all that and and you got to coach right away you ain't got no time to prepare you okay so what's what's on the practice schedule tomorrow what, what, what? so it's 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 hard, but I think he's got enough fortitude to, to adjust and make it work. And and the pressure's on, Bill. As you know, the other tw- the other twenty nine teams aren't feeling sorry for him. The right. other, so other teams are laughing. <laughs> they, they, they 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 laughing at the that's right now. So no one's feeling sorry. The games are not going to stop. They're not going to give them a two week you know decompression break. You know, to process this, the, the show goes on, so they got to make right. it work.
3: I want to get back on the, the, the bandwagon about creating a non-predatory uh, environment and uh, not to get completely off track, but is Boston maybe doing a better job of this than, than Texas in the National Football League? You're talking about a situation. I don't think this happens a lot in Boston by the Celtics and trying to stop this right now, as opposed to allowing five six seven or eight women uh you know to complain about the course what what do you think about that
2: i think the celtics will meet with individually and collectively with their staff and tell them like if you know keep your hands off each other and i know of other companies that have done that when it's gotten out of control and there's been harassment lawsuits and, and 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 other you know big media companies have had meetings and said listen like this is we can't have this anymore. And I think the Celtics are going to reach out individually uh, in terms of every person. What's your experience? What are you going through? Do you feel threatened? I think they're going to cleanse this thing out because this is a black mark on the organization or, de- you know, I don't like seeing black. It's just a bad black. <laughs> uh, yeah. Black. Yeah, de- uh, black. Blacks. <laughs> Beautiful. Demerit. Uh, you know, uh, demerit a. You know, it's is this is a step back. This puts the Celtics in an un uh, unflattering light. And I think they the organization will take it upon themselves to flush out anything that's going on and then any inner office relationships that are not consensual and not of uh, you know, like we talked about where it's a superior dating their subordinate is gonna have to stop. I don't care if y'all are really happy, like this is not this is not a good look for us because the minute one person wants to start stop dating, the other person doesn't, or there's harassment or too many phone calls or too many text messages, then it gets uncomfortable. Then you get the the company involved. So I think the Celtics will make sure to vet out everything. If anything is going on, I have not seen anything in my personal experience, 13 years of inappropriate. You know, I've seen, you know, with organizations, players hanging out with women who work in the community relations department or other departments. And yes. Have I seen that? Yes. Has it been something where it was inappropriate or where I saw where someone, no, it, it. these are flings. These are young people, young, attractive people. They're going to mess around with each other. Um, that's just the nature of us, especially in our 20s and 30s when, you know, you make the biggest, you know, you, you're the best looking that you'll ever be, but you're also apt to make the biggest mistakes. And, right? you're, and you're a millionaire um,
3: and, and, and don't. Still yes, and for
2: the players, they're players. millionaires. Exactly. So, you, you know, you, you're, that you that's the unfortunate part. But I do think the Celtics will do their best to vet out anything else that might be going on because this is an embarrassing moment for them.
0: My last question is, you know, I'll just get back to you, Doka. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning that you, you thought, you know, he would never coach for Boston again. Um, you've heard some other, I've heard some other people say, uh, you know, either take it further that they don't think he'll be able to coach in the league again. And I've heard some other people supposedly in the know say, no, they don't think it's that bad. They think he'll get a job again. I guess we have to wait for everything to come out. We know it was a, it was a relationship. Are you hearing that there was anything beyond that that could take it to a level where he never coaches in the league again?
1: I
2: think that there's probably some inappropriate behavior that happened. But I also think if if I'm Ime Yudoka, you know, and you guys are smarter than me, and you guys probably thought this too, I would, one, disappear for a while. Don't be seen publicly. And sure as hell, don't be seen publicly with, with, with a random woman. <laughs> yeah. Like, just... You know, just hide away. Go, go to Mexico. Go to whatever you is your place. Jamaica, (laughs) yes, Tibet, uh, Antarctica. Go hang out somewhere for a couple of months and cool out. Secondly, get some therapy. Thirdly, become a better. You know, be a better father to your son. Be a better family man, etc. Try to make it work. Not saying the relationship, but just a cordial bond with your the mother of your child then if i'm him in march april once the news cycle churns the nfl season is going to continue the nba is going to start lebron's going to be chasing Kareem's scoring record all these things are going to happen christmas comes like you know this is not going to be the top story for for you know much longer right go to robin roberts or gail king doing it one-on-one interview, admit all faults, say you're in therapy, you're trying to be a better man, a better, and it might take a while, but just admit all your faults, live a clean life. If you, you know, <laughs> I, mean, I hate to say it, but you know how we are. This is when we find Christ. Okay. Um, find Christ and admit you're wrong. We love reclamation stories. We love comeback stories. We love people who make the best of a second opportunity. It might take a year or two, but I think given his talent, the ability to lead a team to the NBA championship, to the finals, that he will be he will gain interest. He'll just have to let things cool out for a while. I do think he'll coach again, or it could be someone that he's worked with who says, hey, man, you want to be an assistant? You want to be a consultant? You want to be a scout, and he might have to start from the bottom. But he's got the skills, the intelligence. Okay, he knows what he's doing. He's just off the court in his personal life was haywire. Get that right. Show people you got that right. It wouldn't help if he, hurt if he got married or something, or you know, hey, you know, something where he could be seeing like stability. And then a year or two, yes, I think he'll coach in the league again.
1: Yeah. Our guest has been the great Gary Washburn of the Boston Globe, uh, great columnist, great reporter. Uh, you've heard him on a lot of different podcasts including ours. Hey, Gary, uh, before we let you go, uh, just sort of wrapping all this up uh, and I really appreciate your time, man. Uh, so the season starts with two organizations being rocked, uh, the Suns and the Celtics. Yeah. Which group do you think will recover quickly? It seems like Closure has come with the Suns, whereas you mentioned, the Celtics players are still kind of confused because there's ambiguity yeah. between what happened. Which There's really two questions. Which group of players uh, do you think will recover first? And secondly, do you think this is a shot across the bow to all NBA franchises, not just the Celtics, but to all NBA franchises?
2: Yeah, the first question, I think the Suns will respond quicker because, one, their structure is still there. The general manager, the coach, everybody's still there. It's the, the the rogue owner, okay? So how much of a deep relationship did, besides maybe Chris Paul and Devin Booker, did the rest of those guys have with the owner? They probably are glad he's gone. It's a relief to them. They can move forward and concentrate on trying to get back to the finals and whatever after having a disappointing end of last year. So I think the Suns will recover because, one, the, the, the owner doesn't have – much of a, besides signing the checks, he doesn't have much of an impact on them. You know, they just, they knew he was probably off the hook. They knew that he he was probably, you know, just tacky and immoral, but now he's gone. It's more of a relief where the Celtics have to deal with a new coach and deal with the absence of their old coach and then wonder why, what the heck happened. And I do think, yes, not only the NBA organizations, but I think around professional sports, teams are going to start, one, uh, being we're much more aware of workplace uh, relationships and environments and vet those out, like examine, do a, do a, a house clean of what's going on in the organization. The, the, the part that I'm unfortunately think is going to happen here, though, is that especially a lot of young Black coaching candidates will now have to be even more squeaky clean mm. before they get jobs than before because Udoka comes in with what we've been told and we're still working on it. His past was clean. Okay. Things, people did it. The Celtics didn't know this would happen. They're embarrassed. So when the next, especially African American, there's going to be other young coaching candidates too, but when the next young African American candidate, well, who are you with? Are you married? What's your life outside basketball like? Like, Teams are gonna to want to know that. Okay, this is raise the awareness of the personal lives of the, of the coaches. How? Where do you spend your off time? What kind of things do you like to do? Like, you know, that's that's what's gonna I think affect African American, especially aspiring African American coaches, is that this this is gonna this is gonna this is gonna cause this cause a scar. This is this is gonna be this is gonna make a mark. In terms of just how coaching candidates are examined, their personal lives, if they're single, what yeah. kind of single life they be living, you, all of that. Because this took everybody oh. by surprise.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's great, man. I know this is a whole segment uh, that we get into, even in terms of, I know there are one or two instances of even reporters marrying athletes, you know, and that's a whole nother area of yes. what constitutes proper uh, relationships. Yes. Hey, Gary, man, this is great, man. Uh, again, uh, thank you so much, man. It's <laughs> always great to have you on the oh, show. Thank you. insightful, know your stuff, and you've got a master's degree from the University of Nebraska in journalism. So you know... <laughs> oh, thank you, yes, I,
2: I do. Thank you.
1: You know what you're talking about. Next time we come on, I, I, I tease insider journalism. I like to get your take on...
2: Okay. Time too. Always, no problem. Another, okay.
1: That's a whole other thing. <laughs> hey, but thank you so much, man. You're the best, Gary. Really appreciate. Okay, thank you. Great to be here. See, you, see you, nice to meet you. See you, gentlemen, later. Right. Uh, that was a great, uh, the great Gary uh, Gary Washburn. Uh, hey, in a couple minutes we have left, uh, Jamal. I mean, we always have Gerard on uh, to talk brief, briefly Gerard about the Chicago Bears. Uh, and and the NFL, they're uh,
0: two and
1: one, aren't they? Two and one, they're two and one. They're, <laughs> that, that's the lamest two and one I've ever seen. One one in monsoon. Uh, I forget the other team may be. I forget it was the Detroit Lions, Texas, Texas, Texas. Texas. right, right, exactly. The, the juggernaut, the juggernaut t- Texas, Houston. But just uh, so, so Gerard again from Chicago, um, unlike me who I. You know, stop caring about you know, being a fan years ago. What's your quick take on, on your Chicago Bears?
3: Well, I, my quick take on the Bears, just like the rest of the league, I said, I'm going to wait for six games until I make any comments. There's this, the league that this year has really started off in, interestingly. Yeah, you know, obviously, I wasn't even uh, suspect, expecting the Bears to be uh, two and one right now because I see a lot of the problems there. And they've, so some positive things that I've liked, liked about them. They're running the ball which I think is a big comment about, I mean, we know they have two really great backs, but it's a comment about the the offensive line, and that was the biggest, biggest question. We understand this is a team that's rebuilding, it's probably going to take a couple of years, but they need to have some kind of identity, they need to be able to do something well. In the past years, they've neither been able to run or pass the ball effectively, and I think, you know, obviously... Uh, well, against the San Francisco, I mean, they've got a pretty good, uh, pretty good defense. Uh, that wasn't such a great running game against the Packers. Against Texas, uh, getting over 200 years, uh, yards, I think that's such a good thing. Maybe a little bit disappointed in Fields, but I expect that. But I think you got to wait until six games, and it's the same thing for Kansas City and and Buffalo and Miami and and the Ravens. You got to wait to see you know, for six games to go by to see what's really going on right now. Um, that's, that's what I say. I'm, if you're a Bear fan, it's not always about winning. It's, it's about the path of life we, we take. But I think there's some really good things in, in, in place right now. Uh, Rochon Smith, I think, is really a monster. Eddie Jackson is really a monster. Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are really, really good, um, I believe, in, in Justin Fields. And uh, I think, or oh, Cole Kmel. I think they've got some good basic players. They, they need a couple of other names in there. And we will see how the system with the is really working out. Um, and you can't really comment on that after, after three games, no matter who they beat or who, whom they lost to. You know, so that that that's my take about that.
0: Elsewhere around the NFL, and and, and Gerard, I, you know, I think you got I I think you got to be in, in pretty good. Uh, you have to have a pretty good feeling about the Bears right now. Two and one. People thought. Remember, coming into the season, a lot of people thought they'd be one of the worst teams in the league. That still could be. The case, but right, right right now, two and one, and you have a winnable game coming up against the Giants, who who are two and one. That's not No, that's not a great team. You're going to go into uh, New Jersey to play against this weekend. But around the league, uh, other other big things happening in the NFL. We got Lamar uh, <laughs> betting on himself. Thing is doing pretty well. I'd say um, he's dominating it, and looking like you know early three games in. But he looks like he could be an uh, an MVP candidate. Uh, you'll have Tua and the Dolphins with three and zero. After a win over Josh Allen and the Bills, and nobody was uh, nobody was predicting that. And then one of the big surprises uh, this year, of course, is the Eagles, uh, three Mm -hmm. looking like a real contender if if that's possible this early. uh, And Jalen Hurts tearing the league up so far. So those are like the headlines so far in the NFL. Um, And and right now, the Bears are relevant. Gerard, gotta be happy. If only, only, let's start. Stop now. (laughs) <laughs> end the season now. If we could end the season
1: now, everybody would go to the beach. We'd be so happy. It would be yeah, right. It yes. would be
3: the Bears headed to the Super Bowl. Uh, but well, I think there's something. I guess the other thing that I'm very happy about, or the, the way the Bears are playing fourth quarters. I think a lot of times the Bears were not able to finish games, uh, and that's that's a positive thing. They may lose every other game they play this year. But we're talking about what is this system with Poles and Eberflos? What are they trying to build? And that's why I'm not even taking this, this, this uh, year that seriously. I'm not expecting great things, but I'm expecting to see kind of a seed of, you know, where it's, where it's going to go. You know, I think they, they might need five players or six players. Um, you know, they got a lot of interesting receivers, but nobody who's really, like, deadly. Uh, they need to have a um, pass. There's a lot of things that have to go on there. But, you know, what about Detroit. You know, Detroit has been for the last several years a team that would play uh, teams like, even like Green Bay really tight for three quarters and lose by a field goal. And they're still, you know, holding on to that trend. I think uh, Minnesota is the real deal this year. I'm expecting they're actually going to do dethrone the Packers. I have a feeling about that. And there were some predictions for Philadelphia uh, being a Cinderella team. Uh, but Philadelphia has played who so far this year?
0: Well, they just beat the terrible uh, Washington football team, the Commanders, I guess. Right. Uh, yeah. Who do they beat before that? They beat.
1: I don't know. But, it, you know, it's like you said, we're three games into the season. We have Thursday night football tonight. We'll talk about that. Yeah. Hey, listen, before we go, Gerard, uh, I want, you know, you had a big, uh, a big, there's uh, a big, a big right. occurrence in your career. Uh, it kind of parallels with Serena Williams. Uh, you want to tell <laughs> about about uh, this uh, gigantic milestone in your career?
3: Yes, I uh, I retired from the theater at the end of the scene. You see that word just was, wasn't coming out. Right. Hard, but uh, in, my, day, I know. In, in my case, retirement uh, is just about I was singing the opera chorus had been there for the last six, 16 years, been in the theater the last 27 years. Uh, the change for me is now that um, I can just turn more of what I want to do, what projects. Um, I left on very good terms with the theater. They're probably going to ask me back to, to to do some projects and to see what do I want to sing right now. You know, it's like being a football player; you can't do this forever. And I'm, I think, knock knock, I'm pretty good shape right now. And trying to see the next five, six years, uh, what kind of trouble I can get into. And luckily, some good musicians have come up to me and said the same thing. So you're not with theater now. What you know? What can we do together? So I'm, I'm excited about it. I, I really am. Uh, everybody dreams about you know leaving a theater like that on your terms and still being able to sing and not you know limping over the finish line. And I feel really this is the beginning of my life right now, and um, I'm healthy and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm excited about it and see what's what's gonna happen. Maybe next year we have this conversation we we'll have some uh, some interesting stuff. I'm glad to be able to visit my brother in September. The season has started, and I'm not there. You know, for the first time in the 31 years I've been in Germany to be able to have this time right now, uh, free So I'm, I'm I'm good. I'm I'm good. We're gonna see what see what we can do with it. You know, congratulations. And, uh, yeah, yeah.
1: Thank you, thank you. And uh, he he was here singing at uh, uh, my uh, my nephew's wedding. You know, Kyle mm-hmm. Kyle Dutley, friend of the show, uh, married uh, Ayana Harry, uh, uh, anchor for WPIX. Great great ready and, and Gerard. Was the star. Well, outside of the bridegroom, <laughs> Gerard was a star of the wedding. He sang. Uh, he sang a a great spiritual, and he sang Center, uh, your, yeah. Yeah, he, Center he sang, of my joy. Yeah, then he sang uh, Always and Forever, and yeah. brought the house down. The place was like, uh, you know. So congratulations on that, Gerard. I think you may have a, a a new gig, series of gigs in terms of <laughs> wedding, So. Uh,
0: you win. You win. Gerard, I saw I saw it on Instagram. I saw him singing at the wedding on Instagram. So I told him it went viral.
1: Oh wow! Very <laughs> good. Good job. Good job. Well, before we sign out, man, you know you do. Uh, we have to have what's become a a rose pod favorite during the football season is your black quarterback rankings. So, what are the black quarterback rankings as we anticipate Week Four?
3: Right. Yeah. The black- okay. Well, you know, Lamar Jackson's going to be number one. I mean, yeah. black, white, green, and whatever. He's, 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 he's right. the number one. I you know? right. Gerard, <laughs>
1: don't take his thunder.
3: <laughs> that is true though. And you know, we talked about
0: uh, before the bears being two and one, that was the good news for the bears before I get into this list. But, um, so number one, yeah. as you know, as you predicted Lamar Jackson, he's also, like you said, number one, black, green, yellow, he's number one in passer rating in the league 10 TDs, two interceptions, two rushing TDs, 243 yards rushing, and the Ravens are 2-1. Number two, uh, Jalen Hurts, which would have been a surprise wow. before the season. He's fifth in passer rating. He's throwing for 305 yards a game. Uh, he has four TDs, four TD passes, one interception, but he also has three rushing TDs and 167 rushing yards, and he's and the Eagles are 3-0. and oh. Number three, we got Pat Mahomes, He's third in passer ratings having a steady uh, season so far. He had that shaky loss last week to uh, Indianapolis, but that was more of a team effort in that level. Yeah. But eight TDs, one interception. They're two and one. Number four, another surprise, we got Tua uh, yeah. in passing.
1: Honorary, honorary soul brother.
0: Your honorary soul brother, which also which also means I got to include Mari- Mariota. Or, you know, they're both Samoan. But uh, <laughs> Tua, Tua yeah. second, second in passer rating. Eight TDs, two interceptions. Uh, no. going for 308 yards a
3: game and three wins yeah 71 completion percentage and like you said three and oh which is in that case you do have to look at who they played they played uh, buffalo
0: you know yeah, <laughs> buffalo that's a that's a real win so yeah gotta give him credit. No. No, another surprise at number five i don't know if you would you guys would guess this one but geno smith oh um, yeah right. you yeah. know he's actually seventh in passer rating in the league only four tds but just two <laughs> interceptions, but uh, has a 77.5% completion percentage, um, even yeah. though they're one and two. Number six, another surprise, Jacoby Brissett. He's t- yeah 10th yeah. in passer rating. He's been steady, throwing for just under 200 yards a game, but four TDs, only one pick, and they are two and one without, you know, as they wait for Deshaun Watson, Watson at the end of the year. Uh, number seven, you got Russell Wilson. He's been struggling. Um, but he's been able to win some close games with Denver.
3: Uh, you got... Yeah, and before you, you talk about him, you know, they fumbled two times inside the three-yard line right. in, in one game, and that that's that's not on him, you know.
0: <laughs> that's true, but only, you know, he only has two touchdown passes so far this year in, in these three games, one interception, uh, so he's going to have to pick it up as well. Uh, number eight, Kyler Murray's been a disappointment. Usually at this time of the year, Kyler Murray is, is soaring. He usually gets off right. start, off at the end. Hopefully, this year it'll be the opposite because he's starting off uh, pretty slow. He's 24th in passer rating, has three touchdown passes, one interception, only 65 rushing yards, and Arizona's one and two. Number nine, Jameis Winston. He started oh boy. bang week one, but it's been all downhill the last two weeks. He's 26th in passer rating, four TDs, five interceptions. So he's kind of going, yes. kind of retreating back to all directions. Yeah, he's going
3: I think only only Joe Burrow has more interceptions than him.
0: <laughs> yeah. The golden boy, Joe Burrow, the new golden boy. Um, but Jameis is uh one he has the Saints one and two. And then number ten, unfortunately, is Justin Fields. And not all of that do I put on him because obviously they're not really letting him throw the ball at all. Uh and he is two and one, so he has done enough to get two victories. Uh
3: but yeah, but his passing I mean the the, the passing yards are 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 really are really low. But that's that's the thing. They may need some receivers. He's missed some. You know, both the I didn't watch the interceptions, but they're both high uh throws to an open receiver. It's a cole Kmet, And uh yeah, he has been sacked five times, which you know that's that's not necessarily on him. But I I, I don't think you can rate him higher than that. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I
0: mean at this point I you know I still like him. I, I like his skill set. I like I like his potential still. I just hope that they uh can figure out how to open it up for him. Like you said, I mean he's throwing I don't know how many passes a game he's throwing. Not many. He's throwing about like 10 to 15. 12. Something. Yeah, yeah, 12 to 15. Yeah, averaging 99 yards a game and has two touchdowns, four interceptions. But, you know, he has pretty good rushing yards and two wins. So it's yeah. all
3: terrible. If they can run for 260 yards every game, uh, they're going <laughs> to look pretty good. <laughs> all right. Well, there you have it. So there you have
1: the uh, Jamal, Jamal's black quarterback rankings. Lamar. Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, Tua, Geno Smith, Paset, Wilson, Kyler Murray, James Winston, and rounding out, uh, Justin Fields. So, uh, what about Trebinsky? Yeah, right. <laughs> He's a black quarterback. <laughs> so, okay, everybody. So listen. So, so thanks, thanks for that, Jamal. Uh, so listen, everybody, uh, Jamal. I know you want to tell everybody where to get their, uh, where where to watch us and how to. Continue to rate us so that we can continue to have uh, Esquire like us and rank us high.
0: Yeah, no question about that. Uh, Thanks to the listeners, as usual. Uh, You can listen to us wherever you get your podcasts. And also leave us five stars and a comment telling us how much you love the show. That would be great. That helps. You can also follow us on Instagram, at BrosPod. We're doing a lot there. Follow us on Twitter, at BrosPod. Probably more importantly, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We've been putting a lot more up on YouTube, including full podcasts uh, that, that are on video. So check that out on YouTube. Facebook, of course, Bill Roden on Sports on Facebook. Uh, we, we get a lot of uh, interaction on there.
1: All right. Hey, again, uh, thanks, everybody. This has been great. Uh, i like to thank Gary Washburn, great guest. Gerard, uh, we've been having a ball. Uh, it's been great hanging out with you, watching football, like, nonstop. Uh, right. You know, <laughs> uh, Great scene you perform at the wedding. That was great. And um you know, look forward. And we're gonna see you in November. Yeah, we're gonna see each other in November, Jamal. Uh the NFL is playing its first regular season game in Munich, Germany. And uh Gerard and I will be there and Helgo will all be there. Uh, you know, front and center on the fifty yard line, uh in Munich, watching Tampa Bay and Seattle. Hopefully it's a good game. Geno you know Smith. You know, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, brother yeah come on Gina yeah <laughs> five yards you know five yards per attempt but that, hey listen you know that's the best way to increase your completion percentage so listen everybody thank you guys for listening uh continue to be safe out there uh you know if you haven't been tested for if you haven't got your booster shot get it get everything that they could uh, uh they offer just take it and uh, to be safe and pray so uh, God bless everybody and we'll see you next week.